You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Talking Red Sox baseball today, Thursday, the 28th of April, with Red Sox reporter Ian Brown. Ian, we thank you for joining us. And the Sox uh, entering Thursday night at 12-9. and 9. They've won four straight. And not to be a wet blanket, but three of those four wins have come against the Braves. But nonetheless, you can only play who's on your schedule, correct? Uh, monster game last night at Fenway Park for Dustin Pedroia. Uh, two homers, including the pesky pole Grand Slam. He drove in five. And, and uh, Ian, this, this might sound kind of weird to say about a guy who's a former Rookie of the Year and a former MVP and a guy that has the personality that Dustin Pedroia does. But it seems like this season he's almost uh, – I don't want to say a forgotten man, but but he's kind of in the background because of all the other storylines and all the other uh, personalities uh, on this team. But here he is, uh, age 32, and uh, I think he's putting together the finest start of his 11-season career. Do you agree? Yeah, he, he is off to a great start because, you know, a lot of times in Pedroia's career, um, that, that real hot streak has come, you know, mid-May, uh, early June, somewhere around there. But uh, in this case, it took him a couple weeks to sort of get his – his swing together, and now he's just feeling it. And now, you know, as he would say, laser show. And uh, you know, people forget, Matt, this guy was off to a pretty good uh, season last year, especially from a power standpoint. And then he blew out that hamstring in early June, and that kind of uh, ruined his whole season. So people, I think, have gone to sleep on this guy a little bit. They looked too much at the back of the baseball card and said, oh, you know, this guy hasn't been the same player uh, the last two to three years without looking at some of the reasons. You know, there's been clear reasons, isolated injuries in every case. It's not like this guy uh, works any less hard uh, than he always has. He doesn't prepare any less. Uh, he still takes tremendous pride in uh, trying to be a winning player for this team every day. So as long as Dustin Bedroya is healthy, uh, at this point I see no reason why he can't uh, put up all-star type results. Yeah, and if anything, I think that you know the thing about him is that people think he works too hard and he plays too hard and that it's kind of you know, causing some of these uh, nagging injuries. And he's been a guy that, you know, plays through pain. And uh, most famously in 2013, I believe he got injured, what, opening day <laughs> against the yeah, Yankees yeah. and played through it all year. Had a great year, of course, culminating with the world championship. But uh, that's the kind of guy that Dustin Pedroia is. And if he does stay healthy, that's always the caveat with him. Uh, he could continue to put up the numbers that he is putting up so far. Entering Thursday night, he's batting 333 on the year. And like we said, a monster game last night, the two homers and the five RBIs. Uh, Ian, on the pitching side of things, the knuckler really uh, dancing last night for Stephen Wright. Just one earned run allowed through seven, and his ERA is now 1.37. Now, of course, we all know how fickle and unpredictable the knuckleball can be after watching Tim Wakefield for, <laughs> for years with this team. But you know what? For somebody expected to just kind of hold down that number five spot in the rotation and then be – you know, sent off to AAA once Erod returned to action. Wright has really been the best starter on this Sox staff so far. Yeah, you know, it really is flashbacks of Wakefield right now. I covered, um, you know, about most of Tim Wakefield's career in Boston, and he got on these runs like this that, where he was just ridiculous. He just came out with so much confidence, and, uh, you know, he didn't always know where the knuckleball was going. The hitter didn't always know where it was going. The catcher didn't always know where it was going. But, you know, the results kind of spoke for themselves. And it's the same thing with Wright. And it's no uh, small favor to the, the work that Tim Wakefield has done with this guy um, since he came to Boston in 2013. I think Wakefield deserves a lot of credit. And Wright deserves a lot of credit, too, uh, for, for getting the results he has with this pitch. And, uh, you know, Tim Wakefield won 200 games with, with that pitch. So as much as you think of the knuckleball as an inconsistent pitch, uh, Wakefield showed – 
um, over the years that you can have pretty good um, season in and season out um, consistency as far as innings and keeping your team in games. And I think uh, you know it's a lot of fun watching Wright uh, take take the mound every fifth day right now. We'll, you know we'll see how long it lasts. Yeah, certainly. And like we said, uh, the ERA below one and a half uh, through his first uh, four or five starts of the season, and uh, he's been quite the revelation. Uh, for this Red Sox rotation. And, uh, Ian, right now I want to talk about the ace of this staff, a guy that the Red Sox made a very large financial commitment towards, a guy whose last name begins with the letter P. I'm, of course, talking about Rick Porcello. Who else could I be talking about? <laughs> Porcello, uh, 4-0 uh, to start the season. Uh, he's been a completely different pitcher uh, this year as opposed to last year. And I think the last two starts in particular have been very good, and I don't think it's a mere coincidence that those two starts – uh, for Porcello have come with a uh, Christian Vasquez behind the plate to take nothing away from Porcello. He is the guy throwing the pitches after all, but how much of a difference has Vasquez made in getting Porcello to be from, you know, he was good the first two starts. He's been really, really good the last two. Yeah, the Porcello-Vasquez um, combination almost reminds me um, of what, you know, the confidence that Derek Lowe used to have in Jason Veritek, you know, with that sinker ball. And, uh, you know, wherever Veritek would put the glove, when Ro when Lowe was on one of those rolls, he would hit it, and Veritek would get him some extra strikes. And it's the same thing, you know, with Porcello and Vasquez right now. And uh, to me, Porcello right now is that classic case of the guy who everybody overreacts to in spring training because he's having a bad spring. When really what he was doing in spring training, he was really trying to regain the, the grip on that uh, sinker that's so important to him. Um, it took him most of spring training. He finally got it towards the end, and everyone looked at his numbers in spring, which were just awful. And they said, oh, boy, they're in for trouble here, you know, coming off the, the season he had last year. and then. Uh, but, but in truth, Porcello actually finished the season pretty strong last year after coming off the DL. Um, he did sort of regain the sinker in the final few weeks. But it was just, he, had, he had put himself in such a hole. His ERA was at six at one point last year that he just couldn't get the numbers to where – um, they look respectable, but it's certainly a great sign. Now he looks like he is the pitcher that they thought they had, uh, you know, when they traded Cespedes for him, the December uh, 2014 winter meeting. Now, of course, in watching Porcello as much as you've have, I know that, uh, you know, a lot of Sox fans are still kind of saying to themselves, it's it's cautious optimism because they keep waiting for the other shoe to drop. And, well, it's it's just a hot streak. You know, he's, he's going to revert to the pitcher he was before, and they don't have total confidence in Porcello. But, from your observations, you know, do you think he's really turned that proverbial corner and this is just more than a guy who's on a hot streak right now? Yeah, no, I think, uh, look, look at what report Rick Porcello did in, in 2014 for the Tigers. That's a pretty good pitcher right there. So he has done this uh, before. And if they can get that kind of season out of him like he had in, for the Tigers, that, that's exactly what they saw when they when they traded for him. What they, saw, they thought that they had a guy who was on the upswing here. He had really gotten a lot of experience at a young age, and they thought that he was ready to use that experience and put it uh, you know, to good use. I don't think you can expect Rick uh, Porcello to be a Cy Young Award candidate, but if you can just get him to be a, a, a solid number three starter, uh, you know, that's really what you're looking for for him, and I don't think there's any reason that he can't, uh, that he can't do that. Yeah, and a guy that's still in his mid-20s for all, for all the years he has been around, it seems like he'd be a little bit older, maybe closer to 30. That's not the case. Still a lot of good years in front of him. And uh, hopefully this 4-0 start for the Red Sox, not a mirage, as uh, Porcello has been terrific. Another guy that was terrific in his last outing was uh, David Price, of course. He tied a career high with 14 Ks against the Braves. And, and again, you have to factor in the level of competition. The Braves, you know, in many people's estimations, the worst team in baseball. But I think that given the struggles 
that Price was having, the ERA before that start above seven, uh, not ace-like numbers whatsoever. I've got to think that just for his confidence to put up those numbers against the Braves was huge, especially after some early inning struggles in that one, too. Yeah, you know, it was, it was kind of fun to watch Price the other night in Atlanta because he was just, you know, really – this is a competitive guy, and he was uh, – you know, he was really mad about – you know, he felt he let the team down in the last game of that homestand, um, blowing a 5-1 to one lead. And, uh, you know, he had had two two out of three outings where he had blown leads. And, you know, he knows that's not what they uh, paid him all this money to do. So he was determined to do whatever it took to have a big night against the Braves. And uh, to me, the neat thing about that game was, for, uh, was Price wasn't, uh, you know, thrilled about the 14 strikeouts. So it was really pleasing to him with the eight innings. He really prides himself on being a guy who can go deep into the game, be the guy that gives the bullpen a rest. So he had, you know, a real, real sense of satisfaction to him after that game uh, about – much more about being getting the 24 outs than uh, the 14 strikeouts. Yeah, that was a huge performance for him, and I believe the uh, the next night, or maybe the previous night, the opener of that series against the Braves on Monday night, uh, Craig Kimbrell got the save against his uh, former team in his uh, former home, and of course Kimbrell had the, uh, he, he was the one that kept us up a few hours extra on Sunday night after uh, blowing that ninth inning lead with two outs against the Astros. Uh, Colby Rasmus hit that game-tying two-run homer a game the Red Sox eventually won, but, you know, nonetheless, there's been some concern about Kimbrell so far. He's not been that lights-out guy that the Red Sox were expecting, but, you know, when I look at the the whole ball of wax with him, this is a guy that he's on his third team in three years. That means three different homes, three different cities, three different environments. He's only human. We know the talent's there. Does that stuff kind of factor in when you assess a guy's performance or lack thereof when he goes through the kind of struggles he is right now? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think any guy who comes to Boston, there's a little bit of an adjustment as far as the expectations in the market and the external factors. And I think David Price dealt with that uh, the first few weeks of the season. I think Tim Rowe was maybe uh, squeezing the baseball a little bit too tight to kind of show the city, to show the team what he's capable of. But, you know, aside from some very isolated instances, there happens to be three of them, which is more than he'd want in the first month of the season. The, the guy has been tremendous. I mean, he's got that, that fastball that goes 98 consistently. He's got that curve that just makes people buckle uh, when it's on. Um, and he's got the mentality where he loves the adrenaline of that ninth inning. So uh, I think Craig Kimball has really uh, you know, created an air of confidence for this Red Sox team. I think he's gotten some of his bad outings uh, out of the way early here, and I don't see any red flags with him, and I don't see any reason. It's just, again, it's isolated bad pitches here and there. It's not like he's struggling with his command as a whole. So I think he's going to have – a big season here. Yeah, worth noting, too, that uh, he had a very rough April uh, last year with the Padres, his first season in San Diego, turned things around, had a Kimbrell-esque year. And like you said, Ian, there's been a couple of times where it looks like he's trying to throw a baseball through a brick wall. <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. we know that he, he's amped up and he's, he's pumped. He wants to get the job done in front of sold-out crowds at Fenway. But uh, if he can simmer down that enthusiasm just a touch, to be the pitcher we know he can be, I think things will be fine in the ninth inning. Nothing to worry about there with either Kimbrell or uh, David Price, that's for sure. Uh, and to wrap things up here on this Thursday, a few progress reports, if you will, on some guys on the mend. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez, I know Red Sox fans are wondering when uh, he's going to come back. And Carson Smith, too, as good as that bullpen has been, uh, to add him to that mix would be really, really big for this team. And also, what is the latest in the ongoing saga of as the panda turns, if you will. <laughs> First of all, with Eduardo, uh, today is actually a big day because he's pitching uh, for Triple A Pawtucket uh, in Syracuse tonight. Uh, really, the first official step on his rehab clock 
Um, he has 30 days now from today in which uh, he could use if he needs it. Personally, I don't think he's going to need 30 days. I think that uh, he's going to need maybe uh, three more starts, which would put him, uh, you know, in the Red Sox some, sometime in mid-bay here, assuming he has no setbacks. Um, Carson Smith should be on the roster and in the bullpen by the time we do our podcast next week. He's expected to be activated um, in Chicago when they start that road trip next Tuesday. Talked to him yesterday. He's doing great. Very encouraged about the way he's come back from this flexor mass strain um, in his uh, in his right elbow. And as far as uh, Panda, um, you know, he said he said uh, yesterday the shoulder is feeling better, but at the same time, he really hasn't done anything. I mean, he's been icing it. Um, that's about all he can do. He's been doing cardio stuff to try and stay in shape or get in better shape. And, uh, you know, he, he's finally going to have that meeting with Dr. James Andrews, the one he couldn't have a couple weeks ago because the shoulder was simply too sore and he couldn't get any motion and Andrews wouldn't have been able to do anything. He's going to go see him on Monday of next week. So at that point, we should finally know what's going on here. Is he going to need surgery? How much time is he going to be out? It's been uh, a long, kind of a long holding pattern here with Panda, but I think we'll get some answers at the early part of next week. Well, if, if we had a couple more minutes uh, on this week's edition, we'd talk about Travis Shaw and how well he's doing and how uh, you know Sandoval is not exactly missed right now because Shaw has been terrific offensively and defensively for this red-hot Red Sox team, which has won five at six. We'll try to see if they keep the good times rolling into next week by the time we get together again. Ian Brown, Red Sox reporter, thank you so much for the time. As always, we'll do it again next week for sure. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Boston Red Sox. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.